Hello everyone and um, welcome to what we are calling Barton Wilmore Uncut and in a conversation and this is episode one of our Finding the Way season and it's come out from a conversation that we've been having within, within the practice and amongst our friends about how to maintain a conversation and discuss the various issues without going into long-winded print as it were and staying relevant and up to date and this hopefully is the first of a number of podcasts where we will discuss amongst friends and colleagues what we think are some interesting matters and topics which we hope you will find of interest and hopefully will spark a conversation down the line as it were. Um, first up is whether after the initial economic shock of the uh, lockdown are we facing a collapse in the delivery of new homes? And if so, what does that look like? What does it tell us about the causes and the opportunity or indeed the need for any interventions which we can make? Joining us today, I'm very pleased to say, is Chris, Chris uh, Cobbold. Um, Chris is a housing economist with over 30 years experience and many of you will know that Chris was head of uh, DTZ's residential practice group for many years and was an expert advisor to the Department of Communities, Housing and Local uh, uh, Government for three years. Um, Chris has since established his own uh, business, Wessex Economics in 2013 and provides, as many of you know, uh, consultancy advice to developers, local government and businesses and housing economic and regen issues and we are very pleased to say that we've worked with him for a number of years and um, hello Chris and welcome today. Thank you. Uh, also joining us is my colleague Robin Shepherd, um, who many of you also know and he and I travel the South East and the wider area um, luckily to promote a whole range of schemes grappling with planning and housing delivery so hello to you Robin as well. Hello, everyone. I was wondering how you can be polite to me as well as to Chris. Uh, well, you just about achieved that. I just then. about achieved it, but I was crossing my fingers at, <laughs> at the time, Robin. So, without any further ado, the first question, really, I suppose, for both of you, and I'll give this to Chris first, is this is the third recession. If this is a recession, this will be the third recession that I would have worked through in my 30 odd years of working. And the causes of those, and even going back to the 70s, lecture, no doubt are all different but they manifest probably in the same way, which is a sharp economic downturn. Looking back to 2008, Chris, I suppose the question to you is, are we facing a crisis in housing or a deeper crisis in housing delivery? What does that look like and how does that compare to uh, 2008? Okay, well, um, 2008 was probably uh, the deepest uh, uh, recession we've had for much of the, uh, the last 60 years um, and uh, I was looking at the, the chart of uh, housing completions over the period from 2007-8 uh, through to 2018-19 and that is if, if you put a, a chart up of uh, gross national products uh, it would be exactly the same pattern so we can expect, in a sense, for the uh, future pattern of housing delivery, very much to be close to a pattern of growth generally, uh, I think. Uh, the bad news about that is that um, 
speaking, I suspect we are expecting a much deeper downturn now than even the, uh, the downturn associated with the financial crisis. Um, and probably more prolonged. The implications of that is since so much of housing is dependent on people's ability, uh, affordability of housing, uh, in the sense of being confidently take out a mortgage, uh, that's going to be pretty impaired for lots of people. Um, so in a sense, we have a response to that, if it would make a lot of sense for the government, if it wants a stimulus package, to actually focus on housing, uh, but housing for those um, who are not able to afford to buy outright. Um, because housing can be turned on relatively quickly if it's got government support. So just as industry is being government, I think there needs to be a real focus um, uh, on supporting the, the housing development sector. And producing housing, we know there's a huge need. Um, the challenge is that lots of people who thought they were going to be able to maybe get a foothold on the home ownership ladder are not going to be anywhere close for quite a number of years, probably. So my top government intervention is say, well, you can probably actually, the house builders are there. They may not be, um, but for demand for open market housing, but there's a great opportunity to take up their slack by government supporting developments of basically low cost home ownership and affordable housing. And so, so, so the government's wedded, isn't it, to this 300,000 dwelling a year number yeah, and, and it's reviewing the, the, the standard method. Now, obviously, that's all 10 years, isn't it? Now, now Robin, in your view, that does that free, if we stick to that 3,000 number, which is a need or a requirement-based number, it, what latitude do you think across the country would you say there is for maintaining that number or getting towards that rate of delivery if if as chris says the rate of completions drops at, at a commensurate level to uh, gdp well, i think we're going to have it would have difficulty both in terms of the type of housing but also into the geography of it and um, so we've got a a geography where we were starting to see in the good times in between recessions now some some leveling out um, what, this, what the North can deliver versus what the South can deliver. But what happens in any recession is the, the troughs and the peaks and the differences become much greater. So I can't see how a government can rely on 300,000 coming from a small handful of house builders. And there's no disrespect to our house builder clients. It's actually just a matter of fact of how much can, can those actually deliver when they'll be delivering to order. And so if the demand's down for house purchase, the only way to actually build that number back up is by looking at other sectors, build to rent, more student accommodation, just different ways of doing something. And they've talked about uh, supporting the SME sector and trying to get the, you know, the smaller, more regional house builders. Well, they're going to be even more problems than, than the main house builders. Yeah. So they need to look at interventions for those as well to see how you can actually prop those up. Um, and some of this doesn't necessarily have to be national solutions as well. It could be more regional and more local solutions as well. Um, we'll come on to that later, but in terms of what councils can do with some of the, um, the more local house builders to prop that industry, what they can do themselves. But I think we're going to struggle to get the numbers. Chris, anything to add? No, I think that's right. Um, you know, 
we've the pattern of house building over sort of 50 years has been very consistent with, you know, over the course of recessions. Uh, and the only time really which the country was building the number of, home, of homes which are needed was when there was big public sector housing development programs, which basically ended sort of uh, certainly by 1918, probably mid 1970s. Um, but it's a really good, you know, housing is a really good way of getting jobs quickly, actually. Um, as long as the planning system doesn't uh, <laughs> slow down the road. So, which is so, a bit of a challenge. So why are we looking at, to do, you know, everyone's having the same chat, aren't they? When the Prime Minister got up, first of all, to announce the lockdown, he, he was talking about a sudden bounce back. I think we're all, all now don't, don't believe that will be the case. Um, whilst there's been a lockdown of sites and many clients now are returning to sites and supply will increase again, the question is how far back up we come up to up to where we are. I say so to use a phrase of a of a new normal, are we saying to look at the past history and there's famous graphs of totality versus tenure in the 1970s and the 60s and the post-war period? And, and are we saying that the new normal has to look at a different form of a housing market if we're going to get to 300,000 homes? And then what interventions do we think can achieve that is it straight subsidy and grant or is it a whole different approach to actually how we wish the planning system to operate Robin do you from that I think it's all of the above isn't it I think that we can rely on any any one thing I, I can see and feel the the enthusiasm of Homes England thinking actually we could be the panacea for a lot of these problems and to some degree they might but there's only so many sites there's only so many geographies that Homes England can actually cover even if and when they resource up you know the government's going to chuck loads of cash at Homes England great okay that'll help some but it's not going to help everything we've got to look at a whole range of things the problem with the planning system is that we've We've spent generations trying to speed it up, but ultimately it's still quite a slow and turgid system. Um, so actually the difference we're going to make now is on site already with planning commission. There's, the differences will change to the local plans and the planning commissions coming through the system aren't realistically going to make a difference until, I don't know, three, four years time. Somewhere. So I think we've got to look at all of those different things. And, and if the objective is to get 300,000 homeowners then we're going to have a, we always were going to have a challenge. You know, Chris's point about public sector buildings, absolutely right. If we're actually looking at building 300,000 homes for people to occupy, that's a different measure. That might still be achievable, but not without pretty radical changes in you know, the local and the national level. What do you think, Chris? Is this, a, is this something which we, can, which we can influence, or is it simply that you can't buck the market? Do you think? Um, well, uh, the, the distinction essentially is between ownership and other, other owners, um, that there will be constraint on people's ability uh, to buy. Uh, we don't know quite where the mortgage market's going to pick up in terms of uh, uh, availability. Um, so, but... Uh, you know, you really do, to, to get any, as Robin says, to get anywhere close to the 300,000, you need every different bit of the, uh, the housing and some more sort of really innovative stuff coming in. Uh, 
to get anywhere close to that number. So, so, so would I be right in saying then, then if we look at it from a, from a profiling need requirement point of view, the actual base level of need of 300,000 requirement is, is still there. What, what has happened or will happen is due to the sudden shock of this crisis, how that manifests in demand for a traditional product and the supply of that product will be severely impacted. So yeah. we therefore need to think of new ways of actually meeting that need for a change in attitude. Is that, is that where we're coming from? Yeah, I'm, I'm in, a, yeah in, a, in a sense, my, my case would be build home uh, and forget about high-speed high run to. <laughs> oh, contentious, Chris. Because uh, no um, one wants to travel anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forget, yeah. Forget that. Is, housing is, is so fundamental to life. And yes. actually, we've actually, relatively speaking, communications are, are, you know, are actually proved in this crisis to mean we, do we really need the same capacity? Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thought because I've, I've spent more time at home than I have, crikey, since I, since I was a teenager, in essence, really. You know, uh, um, and, I, and I was wondering whether, whether I knew a, a current way of living whether that's going to actually increase the demand for people to change their living standards and, and change how, how they live. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I read a stat somewhere, which may be wrong, that in London people bemoan the parks are packed in central London. Of course they are, because the stuff I heard was, you know, almost half the kids in central London don't have access to private green space. So is, is this actually going to change? Is it going to have a complete different effect whereby people, because they've been spent at home and they can see quality of their accommodation is it going to change the demand profile perhaps is one front of a pod is do we see a change and people actually put greater value on how they live and where they live if that makes sense um rather than you know it, it's 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 a roof over my head at a certain stage of my life as it were um and therefore is that demand going to go up albeit the mortgage market perhaps won't be there or the affordability won't be there um to move us forward um, so, if you're a Secretary of State, Chris, you know, and, and you're sat there, you know, with, with, with all these issues coming across your desk and, and still wanting to get up and say, I'm delivering 300,000 homes, um, what's the one intervention that you, both of you would make? Go on, Chris, you go first. It would be to do basically what the government has done for industry, is to say, we are going to fund those elements of, of uh, uh, housing which need to be subsidised. Um, various elements of uh, other government spending on infrastructure uh, would probably have to be cut back. Um, but housing is de deliverable relatively fast if the funding is there to make it happen. The need is enormous. Um, and the impact on society would be hugely beneficial. Robin? I think for me, it's about de-risking the whole process. The demand's there, you're absolutely right. The demand's there. So the only thing that's gonna stop this happening is because of the risk profile, the, the money out, the time it then takes to get money in if you're a house builder, if you're a developer. So for me, it's about um, the government encouraging, because 
probably doesn't need many new tools, if any, encouraging local authorities to take a far more proactive view. Now, we've talked about councils building. That's one element. But joint ventures, bulk purchasing. Why doesn't a council purchase a load, maybe even a discount, God forbid, you know, a, a hundred dwellings off a scheme? And actually, then it can look to how it uses its local, you know, to access it up to the local residents. Underwriting schemes, loans for infrastructure, still holidays, Section 106 holidays, grants, loans to purchasers. All of this stuff is in the councils and local authorities' remit already because they've got access to funding that you and I will never get. And actually, they can take a much longer view. So for me, it's about messaging as much as it is actually action. So, yeah, we talk about Homes England. Homes England, yes, they will do what they will do and they'll do a great job, I'm sure. But actually, it's about the local authorities. It's about that next tier down. It's the smaller sites, the, the sub-thousand sites, where actually Homes England probably won't get involved. But local authorities can make a massive difference if they got stuck in, got involved. Some already do. There's some great examples out there. Eastleigh, for example, down on the south coast, has got really stuck into this already, and that was in a good time. So there's some real lessons we can learn across the, across the whole of the UK. Actually, you can make a difference. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, guys, I think we'll draw a close there. Um, hope everyone found that useful. Obviously, there's a lot for us to work through, and I think you know, we're all trying to find our way. And um, look forward to episode two. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, all. Thank you. Good stuff.